Hey, what's up everybody? It's your favorite electrician, Doug, here. Welcome to the new year. It's 2020. Happy New Year. Hope you guys had a great night last night and that you're not too hungover today uh, because I have got a great show for you today. This is Season 1, Episode 7 of the Modern Electrician Podcast, and today I am really happy to introduce you guys to one of my best friends, one of my confidants, uh, a guy that I met in the comedy scene in Baltimore around 2012, 2011, 2012, and uh, you know, Every now and again, you just run into somebody who speaks the same language as you. Um, they're focused on the same things. And uh, since Ian and I met doing stand-up, we have kept in constant contact uh, all that time. He's, he lives in Toronto right now. And um, we probably touch base two, three, four times a month, depending on what's going on. And just uh, we've always just worked together to keep each other accountable to our goals. And so stepping into 2020, I wanted to share an interview with Ian Brown uh, with you guys, and I wanted the topic of discussion to be setting and achieving your goals. Um, this can be done in a lot of different ways, uh, but for Ian and I, one thing that we really, really like to do is rely on each other. We talk to each other pretty frequently, and we share our goals with each other, and we we try our best to keep each other on task and held accountable and i think that's a super helpful thing and i don't know that it's something that enough men do um maybe it is maybe that's what friendships are all about you know whether you know it or not whether you're intentionally trying to do that or not um but it's definitely something that i've i've tried to do with the people in my life the people that i seek out in my adult life a lot of times are people who uh, bring out the best in me, whether it's my marriage or my friendships, whatever the case may be. I try to surround myself with people who I, I see elements of them that I want to embody. Uh, and Ian is definitely one of those people. Ian is a, an urban planner um, living in Toronto, but he is building a business as a public speaker. And what Ian does is he goes to schools in Toronto and, and the area, and he speaks with youth about mental health. And he comes at mental health, um, not just as a man, but as a, as a black man living in Canada, um, which I think may, may be an under... learning from everybody uh, by talking to them about what they're doing. I wanted to talk to you about the idea since I'm moving into 2020, since this is, you know, the new new year, new decade. I feel like this time of year, it's always, you know, we're always thinking about, I'm always thinking about what's this next year going to be like reflecting on the past year. That's the idea, right? Reflect on the past year and then set goals for the current one. And so I wanted to, I felt, I felt who better to talk to about goals, setting goals and methods of achieving them than my like right hand accountability partner. 
Um, left okay. hand, left hand if you're left-handed. But I mean, since we talk all the time about this sort of thing, this is like, well, how, you know, these are what our discussions are really centered around is like staying on task. Yeah, like setting setting an objective and then holding yourself accountable till you know on your way through it. Um, so I just wanted to chat with you about that kind of stuff today because I think it's. That's really cool. I just finished. Um, I'm not finished it yet, but I've just been working on um, like this new goal setting PDF that one of my friends who has a business with his wife. They're like master networkers. It's called Authentic Networker, and they have like a goal setting program. For like maybe like seven hundred people. Okay. They're like they're like a local. He's like a school dad, but um, he got fired from his job at like some fortune, like a really big institution, and him and his wife kind of decided to start really pushing their business instead of like going back and jumping back on the the hamster wheel of corporate Canada, which is a much smaller world than corporate America. Yeah. A, a hamster wheel, wheel no less. <laughs> maybe a mouse wheel. <laughs> uh, yeah so that's how i think how has your i think how my approach has changed this year i think one thing that i've kind of learned is that in the past have you kind of i guess have we've talked, spoken about like gratitude before you even get into your goals yeah well, i think we have spoken about gratitude we should talk about that because that's a good one yeah so it's usually like i've a lot of people I've spoken to do, do the gratitude piece, um, and it really works well because I think the gratitude piece allows you to kind of reflect on whatever year passed and kind of highlight the things that you're just grateful for. So it's not just the things you're grateful for when it comes to the accomplishments, but like the people you're grateful for, the experience you're grateful for. It's like thinking about something in last year that you accomplished that was only important to you. like. It's not helpful for your business. It's not helpful for your personal development. It was just something fun that you accomplished that sometimes no one even knows about. That yeah. was like a fun victory. So this okay. person just just destroyed this online video game and was like we're doing really well in it. No one cares. Yeah. Be a distraction. But they did really well in that video game, and that was like a internal win that has nothing to do with her life or her family or you know a modern day or status quo progress when you look at goals. Okay. So I, I like that, and um, I love and that. Things, pardon, I said I love that. What was yours? Do you have like a little one? Yeah, I think mine was I rented a trailer bike with my family and rode around like downtown Toronto, and it was just like it was just a cool day, and we we just I never rode a trailer bike with my children like on it before. Okay. And um, we just like. It was just a random ride. We had nowhere to go, really. It wasn't like, when I tell people about it, they're not as excited as I am. <laughs> but I was like, that was a really exciting moment for me. That's cool. Um, and that was kind of like, a, you know, it, it doesn't impact my business or my bottom line or anything, but it's just like a fun thing that internally I just wanted to accomplish. Yeah. How about when we uh, scooted through Old Town Alexandria, Virginia on those uh, lift scooters that was we that, picked up? Was that 2019? <laughs> I think so. I think it was. I don't, maybe it wasn't. That, I think that one, I think it was 2019. It may have been. Because it was like the beginning of 2019. Must have been, I think right? That, that was probably <laughs> my, that was probably the, the first, that thing that probably got me started to even get on that trailer. Like, okay. Just, like renting vehicles and just riding around the city. Yeah. 
It's fun, right? It's a good time. It was, it was really fun. We went through that parking, parking garage. We took that parking garage like we were like a couple of seven-year-old kids. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was funny, man. It was really funny. Yeah. And um, now, you're lighter than me too, so I was like kicking to just go fast. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and you can just leave those things anywhere. That's right. Yeah, they're awesome. Do that night, just picks them up with like a magnet or something. That's like that. right. <laughs> well that's cool that's a i like the idea of like accomplishing something small and just recognizing that too as like um an objective for you because it doesn't it doesn't always have to equate to something it's just the practice of like reflecting on something that you achieved that's a good practice yes i think that was so that was a piece of the practice and then outside of that is like gratitude for the people what people the experience what experiences the little things what little things and the actual like kind of tangible goals that you actually were able to accomplish that year. And I think those like four pieces kind of get you, get you in a good mindset of gratitude before you enter into 2020. I love that. And then, yeah. So I think from there, um, from there you move into like writing down or actually before you even move into there, you kind of think about like what kind of person are you when it comes to goals? Like hmm. are you a person who hits some goals and then misses other goals? Are you a person who's just like every year your, your goal is to make a billion dollars and you haven't yet? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Let's like, that's, that's a funny thing to say. Like I'm going to make him. I mean, does it, does that work? I, I don't, it, it probably does in a, in a certain I don't. I don't know. I yeah. Haven't, I haven't met anyone who, who said this year I'm gonna make a million and, and made it. Yeah. I, I feel like that number is just so. It's even hard to like put your put your effort into such a number that just seems like a, a random number. Yeah. Like, do you need a million dollars this year to to live the lifestyle you want to live? That's kind of what I mean what by that say? question. Yeah, I kind of mean like, is it? Is that how it works or doesn't it work the other way around where like your your objective has to be something immediate and something attainable and and through those practices you know if a million is your desired goal you'll probably get you that can be in your sights but it's like a i don't know to just randomly make a million dollars in a year like what's the plan yeah i think it's yeah i'm totally with you it's kind of like what's the plan i think that's once you kind of find out what kind of goal setter you are mm -hmm. and how you've been with goals in the past, I right. think that's when you move into like, what is the plan? Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I think it's, I heard one guy say like, this year I want to make $110,654.91. All right. <laughs> I was like, that he knew exactly like. The plan is exactly. to be specific in his example. <laughs> yeah. The plan is to be specific. And maybe like, that's how much he owes the IRS. <laughs> He's like, he's like, he's like, the plan is to not go to jail, so I need to make $166,343.92. Right. Or like, yeah, that's the bill bond for like, you have to pay back. <laughs> right. After that crazy night. After that crazy night. Setting goals. So, <laughs> so yeah, I think um, that was, that was a good, that was like a good approach and they're working together. You might, you might hear a, a few my friend Jamie, his wife and his daughter stayed over last night after New Year's Eve. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just climb in the car with so, you? Um, actually, it was, 
Yeah, because um, I'm going downtown actually do some work and prepping for a class of teaching at um, a university in this month, really. All right, word. Yeah. So, um, but it's funny. Um, Jamila, his wife, brought, uh, like, started, like, did a 20-minute session with us where we actually did goal setting. Hmm. Which, you know, you usually see people do at, um, New Year's Eve parties. Yeah, I love that, though. Yeah, I mean, you should see them do that at New Year's Eve parties. That's the time to do it. <laughs> yeah, so we sat down, me, um, Steph, Jamie, and Jamila, we sat down, and we did a, a process of, like, talking about, um, each other, what we envisioned for each other for 2020, blind spots that we might see each other having, um, yeah. That's and dope. We weren't able to respond to the the vision or the blind spots that people articulated about us. Okay. And I'm just like, yo, if we could do this, you could do that with the groups of people. It depends. We said that we have to actually have a certain standard of friends, or some friends are just be like, Do you stop cheating on your wife? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? That's the blind spot. Right. <laughs> I like that. That's they it. In, in, they used to say world star in Toronto. They they say something else. Six six, six plus six plus six plus six buzz. Yeah. Have you heard of world star before? Oh yeah. Every time, every time I like run up and randomly punch an old lady in the face, I yell world star. <laughs> <laughs> but if you get it too early, the old lady knows it's coming. Yeah, yeah, she does. You don't want to say. You don't want to yell world star before. <laughs> Yep. She, like, uh, she just catches your head with a cane. So. <laughs> She's like recession star. This is like we have our own. <laughs> the Great Depression. That's right. The Great Depression star. Just blocks you. So what is it called now? Six. It's six. Six buzz. Six buzz. It's like the world star of Toronto. All right. Or the, G- the GTA area. All right. So. So ratchet stuff and pure foolishness that happens here that's like on the same level as World Star. All right. World Star used to be World Star hip hop, and then Karen that's right. and a lot of other dudes told him to remove the hip hop piece from it. All right. And the dude's Haitian, which is like my background's Haitian too. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, he died like when he was like twenty what? Twenty. World Star died. Yeah. He died I didn't know that. Man. Really? Yeah, man. Yeah, Karen sort of like put a hex on him or something like that. Huh. His name was Quincy something. How'd he die? I don't know. He got world star. Like, he got world star. <laughs> <laughs> he got world star. <laughs> no one called it that. Uh, reporting him instead of calling the paramedics. That's right. <laughs> so good for your business. <laughs> the defibrillator's right there. Yeah. So good. <laughs> yeah, you'd be so successful if you die. <laughs> Okay. Before. But um, yeah, so that's we did that process of kind of our goals. And today I just followed up on the stuff that I was doing, like the goal setting I was doing from the lab from last week. And that goal setting was um, right now I'm in the place where I wrote down all of my goals. And then from there, you talk about what things in your life would stop you that really that are, are slowing you down or stopping you from accomplishing these goals. Okay. So, for example, 
might they say it's like social media. That's like a big thing now. Okay. Um, so like before, when you post something online, you go back online to see how well it's doing, right? Right, right. And that might take up your entire day. Yeah. In the, in the field, like like in public speaking field, in that realm, I'm in the, like, the education side. It's like social media doesn't really have a direct impact on the physical side of your business. Okay. At this point in time, maybe when you're at the level where like you already have hundreds of thousands of followers, mm-hmm. yeah, that makes sense. Sure. But when you're trying to like really just get yourself to be really recognized and known in your like maybe hundred kilometer or sixty mile radius of your house, um, you know, maybe having a huge presence on social media isn't that impactful. Right. It's like making calls and connecting and having like these real conversations with principals and superintendents and those people. Right. So I think so. It's like, what's, what's um, distracting you from your goals? And then what need is that distraction providing for you that you make it to, you, that you're in a, a mindset to think that that actual distraction is helping you. Right, right. What purpose does exactly. it serve and does that purpose yeah. contribute to your goals? Exactly, yeah. So, because it's just like, usually when you're doing that, you're addressing like a need that you have, you're just addressing it in a way which is just not beneficial to you. And the need, the need is to feel connected and, and appreciated. Yeah, I think that's definitely the need, like, on a social media. That seems to be, yeah, I mean, think for everybody. I think that's the itch that social media scratches. That's why it's so, that's why it's so popular is because it's just a, it's a device that helps you feel connected. Like, instead of having a human connection where you, like, put in the work to, like, be next to a human we, we live in a world where we can't be next to at all. You know what I mean? It's different. We separate ourselves now. We're so busy and we're so focused on our goals like we're talking about now that it's like it's a different world. And so that is like a little machine that helps you feel love and like connection and appreciation and also stress and like not good enough and yeah, all yeah, that stuff, sure. you know? You, 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 you put me on the Okay. Talking to strangers and talking with strangers. Talking with strangers, I think, is what it was. You're breaking up a little bit. There you go. That's better. Yeah. So talking with talking with strangers. I think that's what it's called. Yeah. That that book was a really was a dope read. I was I was really happy that you recommended it. It's a good book. I had a chance to review it, and I I think that's that kind of plays into the social media side of things too, right? It's just like usually your social media group are people that you understand clearly because they kind of think like you act like you kind of in sometimes even in the same like time in their life um, cycle that you're in sure. so to interpret things that they have to say you don't really have to do too much work right so you talk, think about like talking with strangers and people that you may not know the effort it takes to actually build a genuine connection with sure them yeah is um, so much harder to do it takes so much effort and I think in like the lifestyles that we need that, that are so fast you really have to you do but you know what's funny is like it's funny that you say that because i just went to i went to a climbing gym this morning and i haven't done that but it was i loved it so much this is like brand new obsession coming at me but while i was there i was like i was making connections with people that were climbing because when you climb people will it's a bouldering gym so you don't there's no ropes or anything you just you just scale and 
and the courses are all color coded based on difficulty level and people will hang out and like watch you climb and they'll be like try this or put your heel on that foothold you know and it's this really cool you so you like have no choice really but to communicate with people and it's communal and i was thinking like you, you're, it's funny how we talk about how, how hard it is to make that initial connection with somebody or to reach out. But what's funny is like the reason that's actually easy once you get past that initial point of contact is that the, the entirety of, of you and them is completely unknown. So conversation should just be as smooth as anything because it's like you don't know anything about each other. It's like, you know, when you're first starting something, that all, all that's important when you first start something is to just get into it. You know what I mean? Even yeah. even relationships yeah. and conversations, just like, let's get it. There's no fine, it's not finer tuned at this point. It's Everything's rough about it. Um, so it's funny because it should be easier for us to make those initial contacts because you have the, everything to talk about. Hmm. I wonder if, if you, I think sometimes I, I make it a very, maybe superficial conversation because I don't feel like I have the energy or the capacity to actually engage in an authentic conversation sure. that can lead to more sure. than a plain like I want to speak to you for five minutes and I'm not going to speak to you again for sure minutes. I'm sure and in, in most situations it's probably like that like you you know you meet somebody in a supermarket and it's not that big a deal I guess what was easier for me today was I was in a place where people are common like you're saying you know social media if you're in a space where people have a common objective you're all climbing you know that that makes it easier too to reach out and be like, hey, you you like this too, you know? Right. Yeah, I'm with you. And I wonder what the culture in that Boulder gym, um, like, how is that culture created where someone can give you feedback on something? And you not try to chew them out, or if you fall off, you're if you miss like grabbing something, you like run over to the guy and start blaming him. For well, I I think that the culture. If this is what I'm picking up from it, it seems to me that the culture of climbing is one where it is it is an individual effort but it's a group consciousness like you you collect information and share it with people because the objective is for for people to get better at climbing you're not in there just like hoarding information on like you know it's if it's a wonderful uh it's a place to master something and in that in that setting even people who are in a, in an interim phase maybe they've been climbing six or seven months they've still acquired certain skills that they learn from another person that they can see you and they're like oh hey do this with your hands cover more surface space you know take take this route this way and and it's why you know that's a great that's super cool why would you all just stand around and be like and just not not aid the other you know but you know i guess there are cultures like that yeah makes me feel like there's room at the top of the boulder for everybody right? <laughs> that's right that's right <laughs> if you can get there right and it just seems like there it's almost a mindset of abundance yeah and i feel like maybe it's okay if yeah i think it's okay to share information it's very it feels, feels very different from like a business mindset where you feel like yeah the pie is a certain finite amount right i can't share too much information with my competition or <laughs> yeah. I think I think that it's like well. it's like cooperation even when you're doing creative work it's the same thing where the beauty of that is right. when you share that information with somebody and then they achieve the thing that you help them achieve it's a victory for you and you can feel it so when if if somebody's helping you climb and then you take their advice and you get to that next level the whole damn place is like cheering for you down there and that's 
how cool is that, you know? no matter what it is it's like you're practicing getting good at something and if you can get good at something you can get good at anything but and I think it's mastering in an environment that just seems like it's very conducive to cooperative mastery. sure right and you don't necessarily find environments where people are there's a community around you that's helping you become a master at something you have to facilitate those environments either you have to facilitate yeah. that right, right. Because it's possible. Like, I felt that way about the trades. Like, I feel like a lot of um, settings in trade culture are not conducive to complete cooperation or, like, mutual respect. There's this, like, you know, somewhere along the line of the master-apprentice dynamic, everybody approaches it differently. So there are some harder-nosed approaches to it. And uh, so I think that it's important to try to, if, you, if that's the type of um, environment you learn best in, to also facilitate that. I've seen, you know, I, I've seen that too. I want to do that myself, you know, like anytime I'm working with somebody who could learn from me, I'm very um, cognizant of that, you know? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I feel like, uh, what did you feel, find, did you ever find those environments when you're doing stand-up? Which ones like cooperative like that? Yeah, we you feel like you're the you're the you're the person, or you you found people to create that environment. Yeah, you feel like there's different environments that were created already. You were able to just plug into that culture. A little bit of both. We there was definitely a scene in the DC scene back in uh, probably around 2006 to 2008 or something. Just was such a such a group of really super talented people that are all now doing cool stuff it was crazy it was like just like to see all those people what they're doing now um is crazy so i think that we we all facilitated that among each other kojo was there like everybody just you you know how it is in the stand-up scene you work you work together and i always found it was like early on it was scary to suggest to people something like you know scary to be like um hey, try this or try that, because people can take that personally, like, well, you know, let me do my thing. But um, the more you, I think the more you get better at what you do, the less you take that sort of thing personally. It's more of a, 
an internal thing. You, you have to facilitate it. You have to be open to criticism um, if you're going to give it. I, I, have, you, have you ever read anything from uh, Brene Brown? No, I don't think so. Yeah, man, Brene, Brene Brown is dope. Like, if, like, um, have you, yeah, Brene Brown is, like, she talks a lot about, like, authenticity. Okay. And being, and being genuine and, like, extreme authenticity to a point. Yeah. Where, um, I know she, in her TED Talk, went, I think it was, like, probably one of those, like, viral TED Talks where it went, like, 8 million views within, hmm. like, a matter of, like, a month or something. It was a masturbation yeah, TED Talk. Was it that? Well, if, they actually, if you look at that playlist, <laughs> it was it's right after. It's right after. <laughs> and that's how they would define it. So, um, but yeah, her TED Talk blew up, and it was about, about like extreme authenticity cool. and being genuine and being vulnerable. Yeah. And um, after she got like eight million views, all these Fortune 500 companies are reaching out to her. And she was saying that, like, they would be like, oh, we'd love you coming in and talking and talking about how to um, execute and talking about how to be uh, positive. And we just we just don't want you to talk about vulnerability at all. And she's just like, that's my whole thing is vulnerability. So how am I not talking about vulnerability? You're just like, this culture, this culture is about, like, profits, about, like, functioning at a high level, but it's not about vulnerability. And I think when you even talk about having a people that are mastering something if there's not some level of vulnerability within that that culture of mastery it's it's really challenging to be able to speak into somebody and allow them to get better at what they're doing right if they're not able to be vulnerable sure i agree and the person that's able to give them feedback can be vulnerable that's interesting man it's an interesting topic yeah when we're doing so when we're doing goal setting last night a big piece of it was someone being able to speak into like what they see for you and your blind spots and not and being able to, for, for them to be safe to kind of be vulnerable and tell you what they see for you and at the same time you being vulnerable to be open to it so right. a lot of the comedians that I know of that you kind of spoke about there's a certain amount of like ego that they have really like sure. dialed back sure so I think like I, I would I would say in certain places of mastery I think for me now, maybe it's from like the comedy side or when before I even give my opinion to somebody, um, I, I look for times where they're asking for it and then if they're not asking for it, mm-hmm. I will like ask them, am I allowed to <laughs> give you my opinion on something? Sure. Be, because I think like some folks' ego is so dialed up that like you're, they're, they're about to fight you in the street. Isn't that interesting? It's like, I mean, look, I, I too have, you know, especially in my younger years, did not like being vulnerable, you know, and, and took offense to criticism. And I, I do get it to, to a certain extent. But I feel like the more I've learned to allow myself to be in touch with like the part of me that's not perfect or the part that still needs to learn, like that's actually, I think, where you become the best at something is when you exist within the pocket where you recognize that there's something to learn like to not be in that space means you believe that you have attained to completion what you're what you're working on and i think there's no such thing as that i think you always have to exist within that pocket of vulnerability otherwise you know what i mean that's that's where the learning takes place 
with you. I totally yeah. agree with you. Like I totally agree with you because I'm starting to realize that how can you set goals and be open with people with your goals if you're not available? Right. Because you have to actually think to yourself and others like I'm, I haven't gotten to the place where I want to get to. Right. And here are some goals that I have, and it may be family goals. Right. Maybe goals with your with your partner or your spouse and maybe goals with your children like where you want to step up where do you feel like you didn't do the best in 2019 and that means you need to be really authentic with yourself being vulnerable especially if you're going to be sharing those goals with anybody else right I agree and I think like the idea of master you hear about a lot of masters you see there's places where they put themselves where they're highly vulnerable um, I think for me like I think you and I kind of have this this ethos of diving into things in order to um better at it and how to like how to get into it and i think like that's not for everybody mm-hmm. but that's kind of how we we go about things sure right but that's super vulnerable like yeah and it's not just like we're gonna jump into it but we ask for feedback right sure <laughs> it's worse than doing it <laughs> yeah. doing it is one thing and you can like trick yourself and be like oh it wasn't that bad right but um when people give you feedback and be like i know for me i i um i gave a speech at a school of about like maybe 1,200 students and um, a lot of the jokes are fresh. I didn't really have anybody um, that I was working with on that my jokes. Some of the jokes which ensured that I would never be speaking at school again. (laughs) 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 And uh, when I I got some feedback from my friend who's just like, oh, some of those, yeah, that joke, you said that? Oh, man, you're never going to speak there again. And it's like, all right, uh, okay, I guess that's that's probably true and it was true. Wow. I would would call and stay in... um, in, um, I would stay in conversation with them for the, like the last three years. I'm never, I'm never probably gonna go back to that school for a while. All right. Maybe ever, but um, I was vulnerable enough to be able to kind of ask the guy after the fact how did I do, and um, I kind of stay vulnerable by keeping space for that school to right. have authentic conversations with me. Right. No conversation has got to the point where they're just like, "Yo, you came." said some stuff that totally was like not on point with what we um, think a speaker should talk about like that's why you never come that's why you never come back here right they haven't said that yet but I do create the space for them to say that okay so I think um, back to the whole piece of goal setting I think if you don't have a vulnerability as a part of the goal setting process um, and also like some kind of self-reflection of being able to be a good like to look back at yourself and be able to um, self-analyze yeah. be like be self-aware to a certain extent sure if you, you, if you, and yeah I think I, I don't know I think people I hang around are pretty self-aware but okay. there's, there's some folks out there that may need help and even me I, I notice blind spots that people um, that I ask people to, to, to comment on yeah, man. to make sure that they can that I'm as self-aware as possible mm-hmm. so that's a good that's a good part of marriage too is it's like partnerships like that just you're just vulnerable you know the person knows you better than anybody and they call you on your shit if you're lucky and you have that kind of relationship where you don't get away with anything because it just you know whether you like it or not it forces you to be a better version of yourself yeah I think that's you're totally right when it comes to the marriage boy and it's I think for men it's always good to have some other folks outside of your marriage that you're vulnerable with. Right. Um, because if anything goes down with your marriage, it's like you fall off the map. Like one of my boys, him and his wife, is not going well. 
and um, he changed his phone number, went ghost, I saw him at the gym, and um, I, I didn't ask him for his number, because I know, like, his wife was like, hey, you want to give Ian your number? He's like, no, I'm good. I saw him at the gym, I kind of gave him a hug, he's trying to give me the man hug, where you have to put your arm between the two, give come with the high five, and then you come with the hug. So like, the man oh, hug. That's like, you know what I mean? I don't want to have any kind of, like... Sure. Yeah, I'm just trying to be so much of a man, I can't give someone a hug. Right, that's right. So, I don't need your help. A regular hug. He's a big dude too. Like, but I, I think like my arms are pretty long. I got the quiet arms, so I, like slapped his hand out of the way and gave him a hug. And then um, we just had a conversation like, "How you're doing?" Yeah. I didn't get up up into his business about his relationship, but just kind of knowing that I'm here for you. Yeah. Um, and kind of, and he's a grown man. He's like in his forties and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not like he's like a 20 year old breaking up from his like first relationship he's a grown man sure but when it comes to vulnerability it's just like the man box that society has put men in it's hard to break up from that box no doubt no doubt it's a, it's tough man I mean you, you know I know that I mean you're talking about a guy who came from like rednecks and then joined the marine corps and and now I work in the trades it's like you want to talk about men who who are not comfortable with vulnerability that all those demos for sure yeah i think it's um it's sad right um, yeah it's a bummer because you do like we're saying like it's actually a strength like you know it's seen as a weakness but it's it, it really like in order to actually be strong you have to be weak you have to like be okay with you have to be able to let go of certain things to be completely balanced and to actually be a master of life. It's not, you're not being a master of life if you're like ignoring natural elements because you're afraid of them. And that's what it really is. Like a, the lack of vulnerability comes from a fear of vulnerability. It's like, I, I, I'm not going to do that because that's not what dudes do. But what that, what they're really saying is I'm actually afraid to do that because number one, I don't know how because dudes don't do it. And number two, all the dudes I know would make fun of me if they saw me doing that. So it's like a fear. So it's like, I'm not vulnerable because I'm afraid to be vulnerable, but I'm going to act like it's just what dudes don't do. And that's my way out of doing it. And then I'll just brush it off. And I'm not saying I don't do that. I do that. So, you know, sometimes I don't want to like show emotion and um, you know, you can't walk around crying all the time. That's another thing. You can't just cry all day. But <laughs> are you, are you, are you, is that a real comment? No, I'm just kidding. Well, no, you really shouldn't. You really shouldn't cry all day. But you know, if you if you're at a point in your life where you need to do that, then do that. Yeah, some dudes need to cry all day. Like it's just gonna be how it is. Yeah. Like you're allowed to cry all day, not only when your mama dies. Yeah, but I mean, well, I guess what I'm saying is like. Get it out of your system, and then let's get back to it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what? Don't always yeah, I, cry. I, I crying is crying is is like there may, there's more than there's more reactions. I feel like to emotion, like, mm-hmm. like our society has like put them down to like anger and crying. That's right. 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 <laughs> right. Like how about like. Just being despondent. Sure. Or just melancholy all the time. Right. Like your energy level is, is trash. Yeah. And like that's the way that you kind of live your life. And you're not excited or you're apathetic towards so many different yeah, things. Yeah, man. That stuff is crazy. I see it. I see it. And I just want to like, I just want to go have a conversation. You know? Yeah. It's like I, I like how of your reaction is having a conversation though. Because <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about it. I think I think that's part of what this podcast is about too is like let's uh let's talk about stuff let's like get into it i want to i i like 
for me, I'm geeking out right now about about like getting good at things and taking on new challenges and, and all of that. And I'm like picking people's brains about it because it gets me excited. And I always move in a direction of what excites me and like, you know what I mean? And so, yeah. and I, and I, cause I want other people to see that too. I want to, I want you to see that like, man, if something go with what, it, what you like, go, you know, if you're not geeking out about this, pick something else, you know? And if right. you, if you yeah. can't geek out about anything, you got some work to do. That's, that's right. I, yeah, I'm totally with you. I think when you when we kind of talk about goals, the idea or the concept of, of um, being, doing, and having is a concept I think is important because usually when you think about goals, you're all about doing, right, and having. Mm-hmm. Like by the end of the year, I want to do these things and I want to have these goals accomplished. Right. But you don't really talk about what are you, how are you being through that process. Right. I was having a conversation with um, one of my friends and he was just like, you have to kind of figure out who do you want to be when you're in the space of your family like uh, not just like what you're doing with them but who do you who, want to be yeah, that, exactly. that process right so when you're with your, your children who do you want to be when you're with your, your your partner who do you want to be during that time so at the end of the year you can kind of look back and like who I was this year not just what I got done sure and now what I have because of what I what I did this year I agree and I How think it's it's all wrapped up together man yep it's all wrapped up it's like if you I think I think you can't classify what you're doing as as successful if everything around you has fallen apart like even if you even if your business even if you hit that million dollar mark that you're talking about but you lost your wife and you don't live at home anymore and you don't see your kids that's not success that's you did it wrong like it didn't you know your couch is so expensive (laughs) yeah you're yeah (laughs) yeah i think um i remember someone talking about gary gary v and they're just like gary v's like i work seven days a week like i don't sleep i'm hustling like i'm just killing the game and and the guy was just like yeah there's some dudes like that but like it's better for you to just get gary v's wife on a podcast for like a week (laughs) <laughs> and like hear what she has to say right we can talk as much crap as you want that's right but having two children and a wife at home you'd love to hear like what she thinks about him hustling 24 hours and uh, like I don't, I don't sleep I sleep when I die just for you losers or folks yeah. that are broke and stuff like that right and so it's like that's that, that hustle spirit is a part of kind of like our culture to us it is and, you see it a lot in the trades too you see a lot of folks that like work non-stop and you know if, if you gotta make you got to make money i get it and if it's like your business relies on that i get it but there has to be some level of balance i think in your life otherwise like you yeah you may be showing us what you're succeeding at which is staying busy but you're not like you're saying put put his wife on the podcast you know <laughs> yeah put his doctor he'd be like man i'm gonna do so much statin medication it's crazy that's cholesterol but Yeah. Okay. I should know. I'm one of those dudes. Hereditary, though. Yeah. You eat a lot of spinach. I do, man. I just got fat blood. But you're fighting it. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm living with it. So I think um, I was gonna say something before I got sidetracked with um, statin medication. <laughs> We were talking about when oh, we putting the wife on the podcast. In in the public speaking realm, it's the same. Like, I met one speaker last year when I went to a conference. He's like, 
the four mile. He's like the four mile speaker. You know what? When, when that is that on. I forget the guy's name who broke the the four minute mile. Okay. And once he did the four minute mile, everyone realized, hey, we can do this. Is it the four minute mile or eight minute mile? Four minute. Four minute mile. Yeah. Once he broke it, everyone started to break it. Yeah. And then like a whole bunch of Ethiopians and um, Somalians just have to clean that up, or Kenyans maybe. <laughs> um, maybe that four minute mile looked like just that for them. That's so, right. But he he does maybe. Mean that he can get to different school districts every year. Um, I think at one point in time he had like a private jet, like a pickup truck. I think we talked about him. We did, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wild lifestyle. I don't think anyone in his family talks to me anymore. I think he went through these two divorces. Um, but he, yeah, he'll say, yeah, I'll hustle you, yeah, I'll work you, all that kind of stuff. Sure. And so, look, I, the thing is, is it's like, it's that's true. You can, you can outwork people. <laughs> um, but. You know what do you want? What you know? What do you want? Do you do you want to just work all the time? And if that's the case, okay, you can. He he outworked his marriage. Yeah. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> he all of your in his life. So, yeah. He's killing the game. Though. Yeah. For I mean, for me, I don't. I don't. I love what I do. Like. On, on a lot of different levels and that's why I want to do it that's why like when I get up in the morning I want to dive into work um, but I also love not working too and I love my free time and I love my my side projects and I love my family and like I don't want to just it's not important you, you have to know what you want in, in setting your goals Right. The million dollars is something that would kind of value your success. Right. Most likely. I don't think you come into the world like, you know what, I, I need to make a million. Right. Yet, unless you really figure out like finances is something that you need to do in order to accomplish something else. You may, you may be saying that you need to build a bunch of schools in a certain part of the world, so you need a million dollars this year. Okay. I feel like that might be definitely just saying I need to make a million because that's just what I have to do. Right. So, yeah, I think that's that's back to the whole million dollar thing, which was just like a, we just threw that out there. But, um, yeah, I think that's how I've been approaching goal setting this year. Um, and I think the process of taking a little bit more time with the process. Yeah. Uh, because I think in the past, also, with goal setting, which I'm doing now that I haven't done before, is identifying allies that are going to help you to accomplish your goals. Like, they may not be a part of your team, but they're kind of adjunct team members that are gonna that you're gonna need to accomplish what goals you have and I feel like if your goals are too small you can accomplish them yourself but if you're really reaching for big goals you're gonna have to pull people yeah, outside of you sure. to help you accomplish them if you're smart if, if, you get, if you're doing all the goals on your own like that's the same electrician that's just like all he does is work that's right, right. He's his own time right yeah it's oh yeah It's also it's also the same climber who doesn't take advice from a person and can't can't make that next move up to the next you know part of the course because they just refuse to listen. It's like 
there's i think you're right man like if you're gonna do big things you you have to pool your resources nobody you know i think if you're that's why i'm such a big proponent of teamwork like i just think that more gets done when there are more energies involved and um obviously the right people for the in the right positions but um yeah relying on resources and people that you know that can help you and you can help them back that's how you build something especially in a setting like if you're in a city you know you're trying to reach out to schools in your in your area and hit these different regions like you there's there's a lot of people that come into play when it comes to like who you can rely on in those settings in those settings to be successful yeah i think that's that's exactly it i I feel like that's almost a challenge of business that i kind of forgot about um and and i'm kind of realizing that more and more like anything that you're going to get done at a grander scale you're really going to have to put in resources and even distinguish like who's a client who's a friend and who's like an ally within your business mm-hmm. some person might be a one-time customer but some person may be like a customer um that's more of like really uh advocate um what do they call it like someone who's really going to speak about how well your business is connect with as much people as they can sure it's like a, a champion for your business sure and how to identify those relationships and i think also how to facilitate those relationships because i think there's a there's a lot that you can do within how you run your business that can encourage people to think like oh the, I like these, I like this person, or I like how this person is doing this thing. And I think I know some people that would also appreciate that. That's exactly it. Right. Yeah. I think, yeah, I'm totally with you. I mean, the story of FedEx is like that too. I think it's, um, FedEx was going to go belly up. And I, I was reading somewhere in one of these business books by like Dan Pink or something like that. Huh. Uh, maybe good to great, maybe. And um, FedEx was like about to go belly up and they needed to get some wealthy like heir to like a billion dollar fortune needed them to get something somewhere within like 12 hours and they're going to close out anyways so they're just like all right just all the resources we need to make sure she gets this thing from here to the other side of the world or other side of the u.s within 12 hours to make it happen they made it happen and she was like the champion they needed hmm. to like well just to continue to like for, for them to keep on going and become the fedex that we know today no way and they're about to wrap up like at that point in time wow that's crazy so i think um that's i'm realizing that more now and those are the conversations i've been having with people um in the before the year ended was calling a lot of my past clients and just having conversations with them like how was your your mental health mandate how did my my public speaking or my speech go how did the jokes go like you feel like the jokes landed you feel like the jokes are safe you feel like the jokes were able to kind of um bring bring like the comedic value you wanted but at the same time um, create a, you know the really create the conversation that you need in order to have um, a deeper conversation around mental health in your in your school or in your community. Mm-hmm. So asking all those questions, which are pretty hard, uh, because you're just like sometimes you create jokes or create a story, you just trust that people's reactions are exactly what you want. And if the reactions are what you want, the conversation stops there. But it sometimes doesn't. Like you really want to. I think understanding your clients and be able to talk to them and let them know that you actually care about their opinions is something that people kind of miss yeah and actually having that call like i know we got a, a lot of forms now but it's like um you just write up like a post on how they did four stars this guy was great and right then that but how often do any of these apps ever call you and like actually have a conversation with you about what your experience was like sure that's right 
So. Yeah, I've been doing um, I've been doing thank you cards to all all new clients I pick up after I finish the first job. I send out a little thank you card, just thanking them for reaching out and uh, getting you know nice to meet you. Good to get to know you. Looking forward to helping you on upcoming projects and blah blah blah. I think it's just a nice way to kind of continue that line of communication to say like, um, this is an example of a personal touch. Um, right. Yeah, this is what we're trying to do. Yeah, it's a good. That's a like good thing. Yeah. Them and had like very like three straightforward questions. Yeah. And had that conversation with them. I wonder what they would say. And I, I think um, I've been kind of learning more about my business than ever before by having those conversations. That's with awesome! Wow. And creating that space to be vulnerable about my business with them, and for them to be vulnerable in their comments with me. Wow, that's great, man. Yeah. And I think thank you cards are amazing. It's a good practice. Uh, but, but I think um, um, because a part of our our business is authenticity, it's like how do we create space where people can truly be authentic? Mm -hmm. And I think thank you cards give a one-way presentation. Right, but not, not a two-way. Mm -hmm. But not a two-way. Yeah. yeah. I'm learning that personally, so it's not even like I'm deep in the game yeah. of, <laughs> of, of that back and forth, but I, I feel like I'm kind of learning. Cool. I love it, man. Ian, I really appreciate all your time, always, as always. Yeah, man. I, I really, um, you know, we're, we're on this mission together. No doubt. So I appreciate your time and, and um, having this conversation with you. It's always, um, it's always a two-way street, man. And it yeah. just, like, kind of helps to realign. I think it's a perfect, like, realignment and, like, the, the energy to go into 2020 with. Yes, sir. I feel the yeah. same way. All right, brother. What are you What are you up to the rest of the day? Um, gonna go prep for a class that I'm teaching in the new year. All right. And then sign up for um my next course that I'm that I'm taking. Not even teaching. So All right. So that's it. Episode seven, season one of the Modern Electrician Podcast. Thanks again to Ian Brown, uh, as always, for sitting down and uh, lending your insight, your expertise. Uh, your thoughts on uh, sticking to your goals. Whatever your goals are for 2020, I hope you see them through. I hope you lean on people um, to get through them and you feel all right doing that. It's going to be a great year. Until next time. <laughs>